Good morning, everyone. Could, could I ask, um, if you're seated towards the back, particularly in the middle block or over this side here, could I just ask you to grab your stuff, shuffle around a little bit and try and move a few rows further forward? Um, it will just help. And actually, if you're in this side and you're feeling a bit left out, you can move forward as well if you want. But just if a few people can move forward, that'll just help me. Um, you'll feel closer to me. Feel more like family. I feel less like I'm standing up on my own. So uh, that's brilliant. Wow, isn't it good to worship Jesus? I know, I know I say it, I feel like I say it nearly every time I stand up here, but just some of the songs we sang today, um, I mean, our God is so big, so strong and so mighty. I think, I mean, so, so packed with truth. Wasn't it? So packed with truth. Absolutely brilliant. One plus one plus one equals? Absolutely. I, I thought you were all rubbish at maths. I, I knew it. But, but actually, just, just thinking about some of those concepts and then just that last song, just as our voices are singing out and we are just giving the best of what we've got inside, the best of our voices, raising our hands and just saying, Jesus, you know what? I love you. It's, it's just brilliant privilege to be able to do that it's it's um what Sundays are all about that's why we don't go shopping on Sundays it is that's why that's why we don't go down to the shopping center or whatever else it might be we choose to do because there's something special about when we gather with the saints and God manifests himself reveals himself here among us that is such a privilege you know, and the person next to you may not be able to sing, but doesn't matter. We just, just the opportunity to glorify and enjoy Him. We're Christians seven days a week, absolutely, but there is something special when we come together to be able to worship and glorify the King of Kings. All ages, all backgrounds, all nationalities, none of that matters. We've got our eyes focused on our King Jesus, and we love Him with all of our hearts. It's absolutely glorious. Why don't we pray? Everyone on your feet, you're looking far too settled. I can see, I can see some of you about to start snoring already. Why don't you just where you are pray for me that I, do a good, I preach a good one this morning, okay? Yeah? That I'm, that I'm not boring. That we're, we're, I'm going to be communicating about vision, communicating about where we're going. Why don't you so firstly pray for me. Then pray for yourselves that you'll have open, receptive hearts, that you'll just, you'll give space for God to speak, take what I say and really speak it into your own heart, yeah, that there'll be an openness. Why don't you just pray where you are? Let's see if we can just raise that murmur of prayer a little bit louder. Let your prayers be an encouragement to the person next to you, just so they can hear them a little bit. Wonderful. Why don't we take our seats? So, as been mentioned already this morning, sort of this time every year, we give either one Sunday or two Sundays to sharing the plans that we've got for the coming year. 
maybe uh, uh, highlighting a few real brilliant things that have gone on in the last 12 months. Um, we look to take those things and show how they tie into uh, God's big purposes. And that's what I'm going to be doing this morning. It's a little bit different from normal. Although there, is, there are Bible verses that I'm referencing, um, it's predominantly not being preached out of that. Although, um, as I share, um, certainly in the first few moments, hopefully you'll see that what we're about as a church Um, very much ties in with the overall theme of the Bible and what the Bible talks about, which is good, isn't it, as we are a church that believes the Bible and thinks it should have first place in our lives. Do you know that God's got a big vision? Did you know that? Do you know God has got big plans and big purposes? And if you read the Bible, you'll find these plans and purposes referenced right the way through it. Let me remind you of some that you may have read before. Revelation 7 verse 9. And after this I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number. Wow. You can count. We have a meeting manager that counts every Sunday just to see how many people are here. Just gives us some reference points. Well, It'd be pointless in this, in this scene in heaven because there's so many you cannot number them. From every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, every tribe. Can you imagine? Absolutely glorious chaos. Reflecting the multifaceted wisdom of God and all of his creativity. Standing before the throne, standing before the Lamb, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who was slain before the foundation of the world, clothed in white robes because there is no condemnation if your sins have been forgiven. There isn't even a hint of a stain of sin. It's all been washed away. You have been cleansed. You have been purified with palm branches in their hands, crying out with the elders and the angels, worthy, worthy, worthy are you to take all glory and honour and praise. This is what God has got planned. But you know what? We can't do it yet because there aren't people from every tribe and tongue and language yet worshipping Jesus. We can't do it yet because there's still thousands of people in Hastings that are going to be there but aren't yet in his kingdom and we need to tell them about it. We can't do it yet because there are 40,000 people in Bexhill, many of whom don't think that Christianity has any relevance to their life. We can't do it yet because the nations are down in central St. Leonard's. But they can't come up and join us week by week. Don't understand that there's a saviour who loved them and died for their sin. God's got a big plan. We're part of it. In Habakkuk 2 verse 14, let me give you another verse. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Go down to Hastings Seafront or Bexhill Seafront. Got to be correct here. Have a look out. See how much sea in front of you doesn't have any waters covering it yet. God's glory will cover the earth. 
God's glory, not just church gathered on Sunday, his glory appearing, but your workplace, God's glory appearing. Your neighborhood, your street, your friends, people glorifying, giving him the best. 1 Timothy 2, verse 3 and 4. This is good. Paul's saying, actually, when it says this is good, he's talking about prayer. He says, prayer is good. And it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. It's not that everyone will be saved, but within God's heart, he has a love for men and women and children. And he desires that they would come to know him. And then Ephesians 2 verse 22. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by his spirit. He doesn't just want, God doesn't just want lots of people responding to the gospel. He wants them built into believing communities. He wants hundreds of healthy churches where his people gather together. Yes, on Sundays, during the week, even down to twos and threes, where God dwells by his spirit. What a privilege. The reason we're gathered here is because we are the dwelling place for God. Not in a building, not in Jerusalem. Here, his church, reflected in the churches across our town and across our neighbourhoods. That's what we're part of along with billions of other Christians around the world, from past generations, we've been given a clear mandate to build churches, bring the kingdom, preach the gospel, to see people give their lives to Jesus, following in faith and obedience, knowing the cleansing power of the cross, knowing new identities in Jesus, and for them to be part of believing communities. That, that's that, I haven't got my Bible with me. That's the story in the Bible. That is what we are caught up with. It's what we've always been caught up with as a church. If you look, if you know something of our history, something of our past, it's what we've always been involved with. From the very beginning where there was just five people meeting in a flat, I think Mays Hill or wherever it was, five people. Probably most people would look at this odd group of people and think, well, what, what hope is there for them? 40 years ago, through the decades, we've always been looking to get caught up with God's big plans, to get caught up with his purposes. Moving from front rooms to scout huts to school halls and then out of school halls and then back into school halls. And it's, it's who we are, it's what we've been part of rediscovering baptism in the Holy Spirit, that we don't just gather to do some sort of religious activity. I'm here Sunday by Sunday to meet with the living God. I'm, I'm here because I want to encounter him. This, this is serious for me. I know it is for you as well. What an immense privilege. And knowing different gifts as we as a body contribute and reveal what God has got on his agenda, meeting by meeting, time by time, as we gather together, re rediscovering baptism in the Spirit restoration of the church. Now, some of you know these things. Others of you, you're newer in and it's new. But, but understanding things like the grace of God. I am saved by grace. 
by his undeserving mercy and kindness. And you know what? I stay in by grace and I don't earn my way in. I don't earn to stay in. It's all of his mercy and grace. That's, that's something that we've rediscovered from the Bible in the last 40 years. Obviously, it's an old truth, but rediscovered. Worship. Wow. I, I, we've got more of a journey to go on in worship, but isn't it brilliant? What we've, what we've discovered, what other churches have discovered. Prayer. We had an awesome time of prayer this morning. It was incredible. I invite you to come and pray with us. The things God's calling us to do are too big for us to do in our natural abilities. Therefore, we pray. Group life. Plurality of elders leading churches. Each one of us having a contribution. All these things being restored to us. And then there's this building. Just over 25 years ago, the church had this wacky idea that maybe they could buy a warehouse type thing. And they looked at jam factories with jam dripping off the walls and thought, no, this isn't right. We'll wait for an indoor cricket centre that's a bit cleaner. <laughs> and they prayed, and they prayed, and they prayed, and then they bought this building, and then they got thrown out of this building because we hadn't got change of use sorted out. And so we went back to a school hall, but we kept praying, and then we moved back in. And I think from what I've, I've found out this week, I think they had... We had over 18 gift days to buy this building. 18 gift days. So if that's two a year, how many years will we pay for this building? Yeah, actually, that's not good. You've already proved you don't know anything about maths. <laughs> that's nine. If we had three gift days a year for the building, it took six years to pay it off. A community of faith, trusting God, going for stuff that's far beyond our ability. And we had in the prayer meeting this morning, and we had in the worship last week, it said in Psalm 145, verses 4 and 6, One generation shall commend your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts. In a sense, that's what I've just been doing. Some of those things, some of those things that past generations of kings have fought for and gone for, I'm, I am commending their acts to you. This is who we are. This is the family of faith that we are part of. On the glorious splendour of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. Yes, those described in the Bible, but also those we've done. Where God has turned up and done stuff that we never imagined could happen. I was talking to a friend of mine, um, a Brazilian who's just over for, for a few months. He said he'd just been talking to people about Jesus in the town centre. He's led three people to Jesus recently. Another friend of mine who said he's just been praying for people who are sick and it doesn't work so well with Christians but with non-Christians he's found that all the people he's prayed for have seen an improvement in their condition. That's good isn't it? You know, and you just think, oh God your wondrous deeds, your wondrous acts, what you are doing. I will meditate. They shall speak of your might, of your awesome deeds and I will declare your greatness. I would declare your greatness. We are part. We are a small company who are part of billions of people who have been called to glorify Jesus and give him their best. We are carrying a baton handed over from a past generation being told to run as hard as you can for the glory of God.
This is our time. This is our moment. Each one of us, it's not, it's not just I've been given a baton to run, but you have batons. You have parts to play as you look to glorify God and give him your best. And over the last few years, we've been talking about, well, what specifically, where do we fit in? And we feel called to grow a healthy church that can bring the kingdom of God, his rule and his reign, to Hastings and 1066 country. For 40 years or so, we have served Hastings St. Leonard's faithfully, and we've often had people coming in from outside. We feel God stirred us, given us a mandate not to just stay where we are, but to go where people are. For us to go to them, not just them come to us. We want to see real change in our communities. One person, one family at a time. We want to see Hastings and 1066 country transformed by the power of the gospel. Well, I do anyway. And I think you do. I know you do as well. The very fabric of our communities infused with gospel power and truth. I don't just want to see it worked out in Christians' lives at church. I want to see it impacting broader communities. Employment, education, health. Family life, music and arts, reduction of crime, impacted, impacted by what God is doing and how his church is responding to his prompting and his leading. Now this is happening in different ways, but I just want to give you a few everyday examples. Just under a year ago, we did the 40 days of hungering after God. Can you remember that? Brilliant time of encountering him in prayer, in fasting, in seriously seeking after him. I know scores of you were impacted in a fresh way by what went on there. Another little example of how the kingdom of God is advancing, how church is getting healthy. Um, in July, I had the privilege of marrying Jack and Emma Benfield. And you might think, why are you, mentioning, why are you mentioning a wedding? I'm mentioning a wedding because they chose to get married as young people rather than just live together. They chose to save themselves for one another until marriage. That is countercultural. That is kingdom extending, kingdom working stuff, one person at a time. That's good, that's to, be, that's to be celebrated. That's to be encouraged. Recent baptisms I wasn't around for, but Lee and Rosalind and Matthew and Luke, each making courageous decisions. I'm going to get baptised in front of a whole load of people because I'm following Jesus as a public outworking of an inner faith. This is kingdom expanding, healthy church stuff. Each one of these little decisions. Responses to the gospel at New Day, where we took however many of our young people away. Jo mentioned to me um, last week that she has 90 11 to 18s on the books that are involved with youth in this church. 90. That's a church, isn't it, in size? 40% of them have yet to make a profession of faith in Christ, we think. Wow. What opportunity, kingdom extending stuff. Last week, I watched two people from completely different backgrounds 
interact at six o'clock church in a way that totally surprised me. It was so, so, in a sense, it was so positive. It was so warm. They were looking for each other. But, but background-wise, they're a million miles apart, yet in Christ they come together and there is a genuine love and concern and care for one another, which is absolutely amazing. It's brilliant. But we take this stuff for granted. That's healthy church, just working out. But, but hundreds of times around. Every school teacher that left this place last week, full of the Holy Spirit, Stepping out in faith and obedience as they walk back into their classroom, as they walk back into the staff room, thinking, I can make a change here. That is kingdom extending stuff. That's as important as what goes on here. It happens all around us, it happens in the everyday. But there are a couple of bigger areas. I just want to highlight to you kingdom extending stuff that we are pursuing. Can you believe that just 12 months ago, I shared, our, I shared the desire we had as elders that we would see the church transform from one church with two meetings to one church with four venues. Because if we do that, we believe we can more effectively reach the communities that we are planting into. I shared last January that we would be launching Six O'Clock Church as a venue with its own identity, leadership team, midweek church life. That has happened. Alid and Lou and the guys um, launched the venue or relaunched the venue back in January and I was so thrilled to be there last Sunday evening because I haven't been at church for a few months. You know, I missed church for a while. Um, no one rang to see if I was all right, though, so I was a bit disappointed. But anyway, but I, I was back after three months, and just to see the life, the vitality, so many people I didn't recognise just at six o'clock church. And I know where they have invested into midweek church life. Again, just the relationships prospering and growing and developing. The guys have done so well with what's going on at six o'clock church, as well as a growing number of 20s that are attending. You know, we're not a university town. So naturally, our older teens head off to uni, which is absolutely fine. But it leaves, it leaves a gap in the 20s. Well, actually, that's being reworked. It's great what is going on at 6 o'clock church. And I'd encourage you, actually, pop in, have a look one Sunday. Just have a look and see what is going on and be encouraged. A year ago, I mentioned that we we're going to plant a venue into Bexhill. Let's do it again, because that was absolutely miserable. I've got to be honest with you. Last year, I mentioned that we would be planting a venue into Bexhill. <laughs> On the 21st of January, next year, so about four months' time, if you are going to be part of that Bexhill venue, you will not be here. You will be there. <laughs> but I'll be preaching. Over the last 12 months, we've seen Steve and Laurie and Andrew move to Bexhill. It's a key part of the leadership team. They, they have moved over to Bexhill. We have noticed a growing sense of excitement within the team 
as Bexhill gets closer, a growing momentum. We've noticed a lot of interest outside of Kings for what's going on in Bexhill. Dozens of people looking in. Some are going to look in and say, no, this isn't for us. That's all right. But for some, they can join with the mission. They can join with the adventure. We've had an amazing reception from the other churches in the town who have been so warm and welcoming. We have found an excellent venue for our Sunday meetings. So we will be meeting at the Izard Theatre at Bexhill College. We've got a couple of photos from outside that we can put up. We may have. We might not have. Anyway. So that is their decking. They have decking, you know, in Bexhill. So that is where they will be spilling out onto on those hot, sunny, balmy Sunday mornings to have their tea and coffee at the end of the meeting. Is there another one? No? Yes. And that must be somewhere. That's the building, isn't it? That's the, I've, I've been there. I've had a look. They're meeting in the theatre. It takes about 200 people. We reckon we've got about 60 adults at the moment who are definitely going. So there is growing room. But it is an absolutely brilliant venue. I am very, very excited for them. So that's six o'clock church. That's Bex Hill. What about Hastings venue? Because I guess the majority of you, unless me and Paul are going to start getting a bit worried here, are probably going to be remaining um, at the Hastings venue. Well, I just want to say, I think it's only a year ago that Paul and Ros landed. So it's brilliant to see how well they have settled in. Sam and Claire as well coming all the way over from Ghana, and I know with Sam with visa issues and stuff like that, but it's just brilliant to uh, see the team being strengthened in that way. We mentioned last time that we wanted to make some uh, main auditorium, so this space, we wanted to improve this space. We want to slightly reduce the capacity of the auditorium, so we're looking to do that. We wanted to get heating and ventilation working so that in the summer it cools us down. Does that sound like a good plan? Yeah, I thought, I thought I'd be onto a winner with that one after the summer. And in the winter, it warms us up. Yeah, that would be good. And we also want to sort the lights out as well. So that was meant to happen this term. That has slipped a bit. So as we wave goodbye to the Bexhill venue, we are hoping builders will turn up around that time in order to get this work underway. We're also going to reconfigure stage area, things like that, make it more intimate, bring it all in a bit closer, um, a bit tighter. We're also going to be looking, um, and I'll talk a little bit more about this in a minute, to relaunch Midweek Church Life, which is a massive focus for us this year. And then last but by no means least, there is the central St. Leonard's venue. Six o'clock church, Bexhill, Hastings, central St. Leonard's. Now in some ways you could look and say, well, not much has gone on so far. And we always said that St. Leonard's would follow on from Bexhill. But actually something very big has happened in the, fi- in the fact that John and Al Wales have moved down from Hartlepool. <laughs> to lead it. That's a bit of a stat- slow sentence. I didn't quite finish that, did I? <laughs> this time last year, That wasn't in place. So again, we're just looking to see the mercy and the grace of God as he leads us, as he guides us, 
in these things. So venues are about taking the kingdom out. And 1066 country is actually bigger than Bex Hill. Rye, Hawkest, Battle, Robertsbridge. How are we going to more effectively reach people in those communities as well? Even as I say those things, I wonder if God may put into your heart right now, maybe you need to move. Maybe you are in the wrong location at the moment. Maybe you should be moving to Rye. So that's one of the ways. Another area, it, doesn't, it does fit in, but it doesn't fit in in some ways. Another area I just want to highlight to you where we're taking the kingdom out. And I feel nearly sort of constrained that I need to do it. I just want to speak briefly to you about this building here in the Hastings Centre. Because it's, it could be easy for us just to think this is just a building. A whole load of stuff goes on during the week, but it doesn't really have any relevance to the church. And if that's the case, if I can, in a kind way, completely readjust your thinking, what happens in this building 24-7 is absolutely essential to seeing the kingdom of God go out to all peoples across our community. It is absolutely essential for what we are doing. We want this building and the team that serves it to be a blessing to the church, and they are. They serve incredibly well. But we actually want to use it as an opportunity to serve in a broader setting. Do you know we have two to 3,000 people come through the doors of this building every single week, most of which don't know anything about Jesus, most of which would never consider coming to us on a Sunday, but they're very happy to come up here and have a coffee. They're very happy to come and use the facilities that we've got. And they come into contact with people who carry the Holy Spirit within them. They come into an atmosphere, a place, where there's a whole load of people who are loving and following Jesus. That has an effect on their lives. Just with the, I mean, who thinks God, how, how can God use a pan display car park to glorify his name? But he does. I can remember early days, a lady coming up to me and just thanking me that we'd opened it because she'd spent a small fortune in the Conquest car park visiting a friend. And now she could pay a lot less to park over here. But not just that, she wasn't worried if she overran. She didn't care if she overran because she knew she wasn't going to get some big parking fine. All we asked her to do was to put a bit of extra money in the pan display machine when she got back. That makes a difference. When she had no choice, she's got to stay with her friend, can't get back. That, that's kingdom of God. That's us using what we've got to be a blessing to the broader community. Someone else I was told about heading over for an appointment at the Conquest Hospital, they just got prayed for by someone, don't even know who it was. Their pain level dropped significantly before they went over for their appointment. They weren't totally healed. That's cool, isn't it? You came to park here, you get a healing. We've helped new businesses just get off the ground. There's one particular lady who runs a dance class, and about four years ago, she came to us wanting to set up a dance class just one hour a week. And so the team chatted with her. They agreed a reduced rate on the room hire just so that she could set up. Now, four or five years later, she has now got 24 hours worth of classes with us a week and is employing three other people. So just in a small way, we've played a, played a part 
in, in creating something that is a blessing to the broader community. And seeing all the, all the little kids running in there, dancing in their ballet outfits and all of that. And all the mums sat there having coffee. I mean, I've got four boys. Don't get it at all. But it, it looks good. It looks all right. There was young, one young guy came to us and he, joined, he came up to do work experience with us from the job centre. I don't think he'd ever had a job before. He worked really hard with us. He did absolutely brilliantly. While he was here, he also met a couple of people from King's. That led to him, at the end of the work experience, getting a job with one of the people from King's. He now works with them, I think, um, four days a week. He's an absolutely invaluable part of their business. And this guy has gone from no confidence, doesn't know if he could ever work, to the self-respect of working, knowing he can do a job, um, blessing other people through what he's doing. This is kingdom advancing stuff. Coffee Box has got a number of people who were long-term unemployed. They are now working with us or did work with us, then moved on somewhere else. And, and, and confidence, aspiration is at a different level because Christians, in an everyday sort of way, believed in them helped them out, stood alongside, and, and, and they're not yet here, part of us, but they know church cares, they know Christians love. It's a good place to be. Now, I'm telling you this because I want you to be passionate about what we do in the Hastings Centre. It's kingdom advancing, life-changing stuff. And just on occasion when you can't get the exact room you want, why don't you just praise Jesus and say, thank you, Lord, that you're extending your kingdom through whatever is in the room I wanted. And hey, I'm a Christian, so I can put make do with wherever I'm put. Now, obviously, we, try, we, we want to serve both church and the broader community as well as we can. But sometimes we get those little clashes. Both Hastings Centre, venues, kingdom extending stuff. What about growing healthy church? Well, we've already touched on it. This term, we're launching connect groups. So in the autumn term, we're going to be starting over 20 connect groups across three venues. I mean, in reality, one of the ways we get healthy is through good friendships. I, I, I think it's hard to be a healthy Christian if you're not in friendships with other Christians. I just think it's hard. Friendships that involve openness, fun, support, prayer, challenge, discipleship, hospitality. Reality is we need community because loneliness is a killer. We need encouragement because life can just be tough. We need God and the promise of the Bible is where two or three gather together in my name, there I am with them. Or something like that. We need to be useful using what God has given you to bless others. With these connect groups, it's not just about going along to see what I can get. It's about going along to see what I can give. So please, no one stop going to connect group because it's not meeting your need, because that's only 50% of the reason you're going in the first place. If you're meeting other people's needs, just then keep on going and giving away. 
It's not just about going to see what you can get. It's about going to see what you can give. And connect groups are going to provide midweek church life good soil for the life of God to grow in our lives. We're going to be connecting with one another. We're going to be connecting with God. And Hastings, Bexhill and Six O'Clock Church are all going to have their own groups. So when you sign up, please make sure you sign up with your venue in mind. Venue, then connect group. Unless you're up for changing venue. I didn't understand it either, don't worry, let's just move on. So what are the next steps? God's got big plans. He has, you know. He's got big plans for our towns, our communities. He's got big plans. And for over 40 years, we've been co-working with him. The baton is now in our hands. Why don't you just hold a hand up? It also shows that you're still awake. (laughs) Grab a baton. Pretend there's a baton there. Grab something. Right. Good. I didn't tell you why you're doing it. You're now holding the baton. The baton is in your hands. The responsibility for this next leg of the race is with you. You can put them down now. For our next steps together, we need a groundswell of support to make it work. And I'm asking each one of you to prayerfully, in a faith-filled way, make cold-blooded decisions. I just had to get that in. I've never, I've never said cold-blooded like that on a, in a preach. I want you to make cold-blooded decisions about which venue you choose, which connect group you join, and how much you're going to give at the gift days. There always is a funny silence when I talk about money. I'm asking you to choose a venue and get stuck in. Choose a venue and make it work. Get in there and run hard doing what you can to make a difference there. Every one of you contributing to make the venue work. If you're not doing anything at the moment, but you call this church family, you need to be doing something. Families don't work very well if not all the members are involved in making it happen. Imagine being in my household and the only one who does any work is Chloe. (laughs) Imagine, she says. (laughs) You know, you sit down at the mealtime and you're looking at the menu to see what you want to choose. And you complain when it doesn't turn up quick enough. That's not how family works, is it? (laughs) Some nodding, don't nod. Families work when we're all playing our part, according to our abilities, according to what we've got. Venues work when we're all playing our part. It takes 60 people to pull off a Sunday morning here in Hastings. It's going to take 30 people to pull off a Sunday in Bexhill. That means if they've got 60 people going to Bexhill, that means every single one of them serving at least twice a month. That means we've got 60 new holes to fill in the Hastings venue if we're going to keep everything running. If you're serving once a month, let me ask you to prayerfully consider, could you do two a month? If you're doing nothing, can I say in all politeness, no room for passengers? 
We need contributors, those who are playing a part. Now, for sometimes we have a break. Sometimes life is just tough and we need that space. But actually, often, even in our needy times, there is something we can contribute. Next, I want to ask you to sign up for Connect Groups. This is the second thing. It would do your soul good. If you feel disconnected, if you feel lonely, if you feel top of the world, Connect groups will do you good because meeting with other Christians, doing life together, is what it's all about. This is great. Connect groups are great as well. They need to be a priority for every single one of us. Support, encouragement, connecting with God, dynamic community. And then the third thing I want to ask for you to do is prayerfully consider how much you're going to give at the gift days. Last year I said we were looking for three to 400,000 over the next three to four years to start the new venues. When venues start, they're like little babies. They need a bit of looking after. They need financial support. So we want to thoroughly bless them financially so as they get up and running, they don't need to worry about the money as much as they would have done otherwise because they know that Hastings is playing its part in supporting Becks Hill. And when Central St. Leonard's goes, do you know what? I'm going to be asking again. Because we want to send. We want to send with a blessing. Last year, actually, Andrea was wrong. Where's Andrea? Oh, she's in Tots. Wow. Look at that double serving on a Sunday morning. In Tots and doing church news. She was wrong. You actually gave £112,000, which is absolutely amazing. What I'm praying for is about the same amount again. The Bexhill venue hire, both Sundays and midweek, is going to cost about £20,000 a year. So that's on top of what we do. We don't need to hire venues if we stay here, but we do if we go there. We need to buy extra PA equipment and all that sort of stuff, stuff for children's work and teas and coffees and signage, all of that. We're releasing Steve two days a week to serve Bexhill, but we need to backfill behind Steve because, funnily enough, Steve does quite a lot of work, you know. And finding people to free Steve up to do Bex Hill isn't easy. So we need to release salary money as well to do the auditorium changes that I've just shared. And I think all of you agreed we need to sort out the heating and ventilation. Yes, there was a lot of hands going up. Good. We need about 100,000 for that. So I'm pleased you're buying in on all of that sort of stuff as well. And Central St. Lens is early days. But again, John and Al are here. About two days a week for praying, planning, getting to know the area. Doing business with God. What does this look like? How is it going to work? How are we going to form this dynamic community that can reach Central St. Leonard's effectively? All of that takes finance. I want to ask you to prayerfully consider. Make cold-blooded decisions about which venue to choose. What connect group to join. How much to give in the gift days? The gift days are next Sunday and the Sunday after. You can give a one-off lump sum. You can give a monthly standing order. That's what me and Chloe did last year. So we've given every month by standing order into that gift day. Or you can pledge some money later in the year. If you know you're going to come into money later in the year, you can do that. We just ask you to engage in that way. After this, I looked... 
And behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white with palm branches in their hands, crying out, worthy, 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 worthy. That's what God's about. It's what we are about. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Why don't we stand? Lord, I thank you so much for this outstanding church. I thank you for every person here. I thank you for those that aren't able to be here, who are part of us. I thank you for their incredible commitment, their serving, their passion for you, their zeal, their incredible generosity over many, many years. Lord, I ask right now, would you stir our hearts? Would you speak to us about venues? As we look at Connect Group sign up in a few moments, just, I don't know, help us to make right choices there. Particularly if we don't really know anyone and we're just a bit worried. Where do I fit into all of this? I pray for some wonderful God-ordained chance conversations that help us make the right choices. Lord, I pray would you speak to us about our money. I pray no one would give out a compulsion or because they feel they have to. But I pray it be an overflow of generosity. And a desire to get caught up with your mission and your purposes. Lord, we look to you. We're so grateful for all you've done for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to finish it up there. Um, If you're visiting, do head through to the Connect area in Coffee Box. Um, If you're looking at Connect groups, don't forget to have a look at those. We'll see you soon.